back, everyone, to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Lainey Liberty, who checks most of those boxes. Um, so, Without further ado, Lainey, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Matthew. I am so excited to be here with you. I am going to share this. Give me two seconds. Go for it. Um, but I have to tell you, the funny thing is, of course, you know, being a minute or two, okay, maybe three minutes late, uh, logging in here. Isn't that, doesn't that remind you of working with me for the last year? <laughs> Honestly, my phone was in my hand about to email you. Like, just friendly reminder, I know you're on Mexico time. <laughs> of course, of course. All right. I have shared this. We are good. Um, I'm hoping some people from my profile will be watching this as well, because I've had a, a great community of support helping me launch the book and really excited about getting this book um, finished. Um, and this is letting everybody know I could not have done this without Matt's help. He was my coach. He helped me. He edited. He did everything. Oh my God. Um, I so don't think I did everything. I appreciate the credit, but all of the technical, that's all your knowledge. I, I know nothing. I was just the guy who said, I don't really understand that. Let's explain it a little more. Yeah. And, and having that person in my corner was one of the most, like, I couldn't have done this without you. I, and I keep telling you that I could not have done this. The book was inside, the book needed to come out. Um, but it, had I not had you to help me organize my thoughts, the book, the content, and really go deeper, like you pushed me, you kept me accountable, and I hated you sometimes. <laughs> but it was what, what, what I needed in order to get this project done. I absolutely could not have done it without you. So anyway, accolades. So I appreciate the kind words. Um, it was a pleasure. I mean, you were one of, I don't want to say one of the few people, but not everyone takes the project quite as seriously as you do. So, you know, we joke about being late and needing to be pushed, but you still took it very seriously. Um, and part of the joy for me in working on this with you is you are so passionate about what you do. It wasn't just a book. This is an extension of who you are as a person and what you do in your work. Yeah, yeah. And you really helped me recognize that the content wouldn't be the content unless I added my stories to it. And some of those stories that I added to this book, ooh, ah, this book is, yeah, the screen is a little, little, not, not, yeah. That is not as big as it should be. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it took a lot of trust and vulnerability and I really appreciate that I was, you know, not, not coaxed, but encouraged to include these, even some, some really tough stories that made the content in context to other people so they could relate to their own stories and use the content in a more powerful way. I love that you, you shared that. Um, cause one of the things I tell everyone is it's writing a book isn't about being right. It's about being relational or relatable because you could have the best advice for parents or teens on the face of the planet, but nobody wants to be told what to do or how to do it. 
And kind of that's kind of like the foundation of my book. It's all about partnership anyway, right? Right. You're in this together. If someone's buying the book, they're, they want to hear about your journey, your experiences, what got you to the point where you're at now and why you do what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I knew all that, but having somebody in my corner just saying, come on, <laughs> do it, or, or pulling apart parts that didn't work and saying, let's look at this. Or like you helped me tremendously. You transcribed some of my courses and helped me turn that, you know, because I'm really good at passionate about teaching when I'm with teens, but you, like transcribe that. And then I was able to look at it as text. So it wasn't coming from my experience, my passion, but now it was suddenly I'm looking at it as text and I could have never written it in that way, you know, because the way that we, you know, the way that we speak and the way that we present is really different than the way that we write. And that really kind of flipped everything and helped me recognize that I could translate this into a relatable um, book for somebody. So like that was a, another sort of plus bonus service that you did for me that I didn't expect that, that helped me trans, you transcribed it, but it helped me transfer that into uh, a flow of a story that I could tell. So when I rewrote all, you know, that into the book format, it was already there for me. It was so like, oh my God, you saved me 25 million steps. <laughs> Content comes in all shapes and sizes. And a lot of times people who are experts at what they do, I'm guilty of this myself when it comes to writing or you know, everything I know on how to write a book, I don't convey it well uh, or I miss things because I'm so close to the material. But I have all of these things out there that I can pull from. And it was the same with you. You had the courses, you have the knowledge, you, you have the, the years of experience of doing this day in and day out. Yeah. 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 I, again, you were the most valuable um, part of putting together this book. I, again, I can't say it enough. I could not have done it without you. It was such an incredible positive experience for me. I know this is not a sales pitch for you, but again, I can't not feel gr gratitude and grateful because this book sitting in front of me could not have been done. It could not have been written. I couldn't have done it on my own. I just couldn't have. And I guess just finding that right coach that had the tools to help pull it out of me was just one of the most valuable things. But okay, the, the, we, we can stop the, the praise and the accolades. Yes, no, back to you. So let's give everyone a little context before we go into the actual finished product. Yeah. Uh, what, when did you start the work that you're doing today that prompted, seen, heard, and understood? Wow. I mean, it's been a lifetime of work, right? Because, you know, I, I spent a good portion of my adult life looking at and trying to heal my, you know, childhood traumas and, and be limiting beliefs and things like that. I've always done a lot of work on myself. That has been my, my, sort of, I've been my side project, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a strange thing to say, but I really wanted to be the best, healthiest parent I could be. And that was really a, and I knew I wanted a child. So 
you know, before I had a child, I knew intuitively that I needed to heal a lot of this stuff. And so that took me down a path of really exploring self-healing and, and psychology and uh, philosophy and neurobiology and all this stuff. And then throughout. Um, and, and so that's just sort of the broad scope. And then for the past like 12, 12 years or so, or 10 years, I've been working with teens. And I discovered that just because my son went into his adolescent stage um, and then he wanted community and friends, we developed, a, we founded a company together, which brought teens to different parts of the world. And then I recognized that all the self-healing work that I did previously would support me when I was creating community and supporting and creating safe spaces for teens. So I got to utilize the stuff that I, I did with myself. And also it prompted me to do deeper research into the adolescent brain, into the psychology surrounding adolescent, into um, creating, you know, space, safe spaces into um, like nonviolent communication and conflict resolution. All of these skills were skills that I recognized that I needed that I dived deeper into and really wanted to learn. So that served me in order to serve the teens that I was serving. And then of course, pandemic hit. Pandemic hit, I stopped traveling with, well, stopped traveling, period. <laughs> and then of course, dot, dot, dot with teens and and um, we stopped running Project World School, um, like, uh, like temporary learning communities for teens. Um, and, but what I was noticing was not only did I have all this skill set, but I had this skill set and this wonderful way of relating to teens. And I missed being with teens. I missed being in community. I missed the healing that it gave me every single moment that I was with the teen where I could see them, hear them and understand them. I missed that. And I wanted to share the skills that I had in a really needed time. And that's when the pandemic hit. So I got busy. It took me six months and I designed a couple of courses and started working with teens online. I created a 12 week course. And in fact, I have to teach another class in about two hours, but um, it's a great thing. I, it's, it's not, I have to, I'm honored to. And that, that really lights me up and gives me purpose. And I know that I'm making a difference in their lives. So after teaching the course for over a year, I was like, you know what? I could only serve so many teens. Why don't I write a book with the stuff that I know and get it out there so parents can support their teens and start using the tools that I know work. I know these tools work. I know the connection, the strategy, the partnership. I know all of that stuff works. And I know it because they tell me it works. And I keep hearing from teens that I've worked with even 10 years ago using this stuff. And they always check in with me. Some of them call me their travel mom. Some of them call me Auntie Lainey. And some of them, you know, I'm just their partner, their friend, that that adult that that is there in their lives. And what an incredible honor for me and what an incredible honor for the teenage me that lives inside that didn't have that.
Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com, produced by Pen for Hire. One of the best things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book. But one of the worst things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book. Don't fall into the trap of trying to master the process on your own for the first time and think you can compete with authors who have already figured it all out. Let us help you put out the best possible book. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's important for everyone to realize that this isn't just theory for you either, right? Um, you, as evidenced by Miro, lived this, right? This, this transformative learning and world schooling and partnership parenting. Yeah, this just was wake up one life. day and say, I'm going to write a book about this. You, you were living it for, I mean, when did you first pack up from LA? Uh, 2008 or two, actually 2009. So we started planning 2008. So we finally left 2009. So it's been 13 years. I guess it's, we're going to hit, start our 14th year pretty soon. Yeah. And I mean, for everyone who doesn't know, what, what did that look like? Well, single parent, <laughs> living in LA, running a business, um, you know, and you know, even though we had everything that, that you would think that a person would want, we had the financial security, we had, um, you know, I had a Mercedes, I had a loft, we had, we had the things that people strive to achieve. I was a creative director, I owned a business, uh, you know, but what I didn't have was time. And I wasn't happy. And my son absolutely wasn't happy. He spoke those words to me every single day. Mom, you're always working. You never spend any time with me. And that to me was a tremendous cut to my heart. And really, you know, my, my, but part of me, like I had this cognitive dissonance. Part of me was like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be providing. I'm supposed to be doing all this stuff in order to provide for my child but I'm missing out on it. And neither of us are happy. So the economy crashed, we packed up, put backpacks on our backs, too heavy, of course, and head, headed out. And we were just supposed to be gone for a year. And that was like 2009. So that was 13, is that 13? Uh, yeah, 13. 13 years ago. Um, he was nine, just turning 10. And well, He's 23 now. So his entire preteen and adolescence were spent on the road and we spent 24-7 together. Can you imagine? I mean, for me, it was the the, the most tremendous, biggest gift ever. But it, this was the laboratory for all of these things. Like, I didn't just like you know, imagine that this would be a great way to live. We lived this stuff and we were together in partnership and that was the only way that it worked. Luckily, you know, I cultivated a, a beautiful sense of, of communication throughout his entire childhood before we left. So we had that as a foundation, but we were accountable to one another. We were accountable for the emotions that were coming up, the triggers that were happening, the processing of the beliefs, the fears, all the stuff that's in 
this book <laughs> was really a part of our journey. And he taught me, he was my best teacher. He taught me to look at everything. And I was accountable. I didn't get away with shit. I mean, I didn't get away with any. And this is what happens when you raise a, a, a you know, emotionally intelligent, assertive, empowered human being. And I think that's what we all want as parents, right? Moving through the teen years, he didn't have a lot of the same problems that I had because I wasn't connected. I didn't have a secure attachment. He had a secure attachment. And of course, I talk about attachment styles in here too in the book. But that really affects the neurodevelopment as a child through adulthood. And let me tell you, like I got to heal a lot of my really not <laughs> not so proud of uh, relationship traits because I was 100% accountable and I wanted this to be the healthiest and most connected relationship I had ever had in my life. And it is, and I do, and it's tremendous, and it's lovely, and he's a, a a bright, independent person now. He's so empowered, but we have such a lovely bond, and that's what we want, right? He was with me for this period of time, but now he's out, well, he's out in the world on his own, in the same town as me, but in his own apartment, but living his really actualized life this is what we want. We want strong mental health. We want accountability. We want emotional intelligence. And we want those to raise those children into confident adults. And that's what this is. I think that's one of my biggest takeaways from the book is kind of breaking down that paradigm that children answer to parents as opposed to, I mean, yes, there are certain things that maybe non-negotiable, but for the most part, there should be an open dialogue. You should want them to be, and maybe this is just the writer in me, but clearly I'm, I'm talking to the right person, but I don't want children or anyone who just accepts everything they're told without questioning it. Yeah, well, <laughs> try being raised by an anarchist mom, right? That is actually, you know, the foundation of everything. I've always lived my life with questioning everything, asking that why, and I think today they diagnose that as defiant oppositional, <laughs> um, what is it, syndrome or, or something like that, <laughs> I, which, you know, to me sounds like an, an excuse to not listen to your child. I think the, the safer a child is, the safer they feel the, the greater, um, uh, you know, ability they have to step into their own independence. And if they can do that while they're being supported in a safe space, being parented, you know, while they're still a child or an adolescent, that's the best time to question things. You don't want to control and keep a tight rein around a, a human being and then send them out into the world at 18 or 20 or whatever the, the age is. And suddenly they have to figure out how to navigate the world. I want them always questioning and saying, no, 
that is not in alignment with what my values are. Or yes, I truly step into this role because I choose to, not because they're compliant. I just don't want to raise a compliant human being. It's kind of the analogy that comes into my head is like, a kid who just gets his driver's license and then is never allowed to drive. And then the first time they get to drive is on the LA freeway during rush hour. Right. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Right. Right. Coming from LA, I know that's not a good idea. I mean, it, then again, it could be standstill traffic and they're like, well, there's nothing to do, but yeah. <laughs> the, the stress is still the same. And I mean, I think it's important to note in doing research for the book or in helping you put together the testimonials and the reviews, I did speak to several of the teams you've worked with and the parents of those teams. Um, so for everyone listening who may be questioning, you know, the validity of, of the work and the research, I know no less than two people told me that you are the reason someone did not commit suicide. That, so that, I mean, that I, when I had those conversations, I had, I still have goosebumps just even repeating that and, and writing it for the testimonials because there is no more powerful. If those are the only two people you've helped, <laughs> I mean, my job here is done. I don't think there's a bigger testament to the power of what you do. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Like, I mean, that I, I do this work so I can help to change this world. And I think the more informed and the more empowered young adults we bring into the world that are feeling confident about their internal worlds, we can heal and change this world. We are in fact stopping these generational wounds that just perpetuate year after year, generation after generation. It end in mine ended with me. It ended with me. I know that. So I know that there is an effect happening. And it takes one person by one person, one person by one person. And that one person that you spoke to, or those two people that you spoke to, that will change the world in an incredible way. And my job is done. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be more people, but that that's why I did this. And those are the, just the two that came out and said it. I mean, who knows how many other people that actually, that was the effect, but they're not sharing it or I just didn't have the opportunity to speak to them. You didn't speak to everybody. I wait. And you saw at the end of the book, there was an acknowledgement. It was a massive list of, of the first name of all the teens that I've worked with. There's over a hundred in there. It's pretty awesome. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by pen for hire. Social media isn't about simply posting links to your book multiple times on a day on every platform you can think of. It is a complex process that takes time and strategy, as well as content and purpose. Creating and managing social media campaigns can feel like a full-time job, especially if you don't already love doing it. Don't wait until your book is done to think about how to tell the world about it. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview.
That is also the front of the book. Um, you know, I think one of the things you did really well is you took subjects that normally might be dry and a little boring, like neuroplasticity and, you know, a lot of brain stuff where even for me, who's inquisitive and I like to think intellectual is kind of like not really my cup of tea, but you were able to craft it in such a way where it's, it's simple, it's relatable. Um, it lets parents know that it's not that complicated and that, some of these and things that we're just trained to believe are absolutely not true. They only live in our own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the whole myths chapter. And yeah. you have a ton of very highly regarded people in the field who have highly recommended your book, which is incredible. I, it's such an honor. I mean, it is well-researched. I, I have, you know, a, a lifetime, my journey is researching in the stack of books that I've read and, and, you know, podcasts that I've listened to and people that I've spoken to and met at conferences. Um, it, it's tremendous. I'm really, really engaged in this. It's not just like, hmm, let's pick a topic and write a book. This is my life. This is truly the thing that lights me up. And the response that I got, I was, I, I can't tell you how many tears I had every single time I read a, a, a review and you told me to send them out. And I'm like, no, I can't send out a request. I can't. You're like, you kept saying, make your dream list, send it out. And I sent it out to like 20 people and I got back 15 reviews and I'm shocked. And you kept saying, did you send them out? Did you send out the request? And I'm like, no, no. Disclaimer, those, those results may not be average, but the <laughs> point remains the same. I knew each week you were making excuses for why you didn't send it out to them. And the, right, what did I tell you? The worst they could say is no, we're not respond. What do you have to lose by asking a, a well-known psychologist or whatever they are to read your book? Or to read a chapter, anything. Right. And you right. did, and they did. And they did. It took me a really strong gin and tonic and and the ability to, to write it and then hit send. Like a little, I was so nervous sending it out. It's, I mean, I can't even tell you, like the emotion of holding the book for the first time, I was, I can't even explain. I think I posted, I have no words. It was, it was like, okay, here's the thing that I birthed, kind of, not like a child, but like I gave birth to this thing and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel. I'm excited, but I'm also sad because it's done, but I'm also like nervous because I feel vulnerable and naked, but I just like, oh my God, the emotional state of holding this book for the first time. And that was the combination of things that I felt before I sent it out to these like big names, people that I highly respected. Even, even one person I sent it out to who I've known for many years, who's written books, who's highly respected in the field, read the book, said to me, it's a great book. I cannot write a uh, an endorsement because it's not in my field. It's not my field. His field was education. And that kind of honesty was really powerful to me. He read the book. He honestly gave me wonderful feedback and said, I can't publicly endorse this, not because anything's wrong with it, but because it's not my field. 
I was like, wow, wow. The respect that it took for him to, to send that back to me was powerful too. I know you know who I'm talking about, I think. And I know we'll leave it at that, but I know your passion is really like, I needed you to be more afraid of showing up to your next call with me and telling me you didn't do it again. than you needed to be afraid of getting a no because you were so passionate about what you do. There was almost no conceivable way all 20 people would have ignored you. Yeah. I didn't expect 15 to, to respond, but yeah, that's a bunch of nothing gained. Yeah, that's true. And this book, I like, they were, I just wanted a few of them for the back and I only had space for two of them in the back. And there are three, is it three, one? Is it three or four? One, two, three, four full pages of endorsements of people that read the book that had something to say about it. I have uh, PhD psychologists, um, those in alternative education, anarchists, journalists, um, incredible uh, thought leaders, um, community leaders, uh, just incredible filmmaker. I have a filmmaker who gave me a wonderful endorsement. Just, yeah. And I mean, on top of that, not that book sales are everything, but you hit, what was it, number five top bestseller and new releases in parenting? Number one. You made it to number one. We made it to number one just for one day, but number one. And it's not just number one, like obscure. You you sold over 300 books, I think, in your first 48 hours. The first day. Yeah. And that's because of my community. That's because people believed in the book. Um, I don't, I have no idea how many books have been sold, but I am getting messages from around the world that, and people are sending me pictures of their books saying, I just got it. Um, a friend of ours in our community in um, Malaysia just got her two copies. Um, a family psychologist that we met in Greece just got her copy. I just got a message today. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for all the reviews to come in, but there, my books are traveling around the world and I need to, to log in and figure out how many, how many books that have been bought um, of the hardcover. I have no idea. I haven't logged in. You're the one who told me. I, I don't even know how to log in and check it. So uh, we'll, set up, we'll set up a call so I can give you a tutorial on that. <laughs> um, but what I want to stress here is, you know, book sales are great, but I always tell everyone, right? It's not about selling a million copies of the book. If you have, if you've sold hundreds of copies and they're all around the world, the, yeah. it's, it's the ripple effect of that impact that's going to do more than a million books that maybe no one ever reads. They sit on their Kindle or they, they sit on a bookshelf. If you've got a couple hundred copies of the books in 20, 30 different countries and parents are reading it and putting into action what you presented or just know you better and deciding that they want their teens to work with you, it's that ripple effect that's going to do far more good in the world than you could have ever done without having the book. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I did it. It's out. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, Matthew, when are we going to work on the next one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? When you said before the, you know, the book is out, I feel like a, it's like a little postpartum, right? The, the baby's gone. You have plenty of knowledge in your head, but we're going to let you enjoy this moment before we talk about maybe some world schooling or unschooling and alternative. I, I think you've got another one in you, but 
it's it's not the time. You need to really fully embrace what you've done with this one. I agree. I agree. But I think at some point there will be another one <laughs> or Absolutely. two. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's only natural as you start to get more speaking and people start to give you feedback. Um, your readers are going to be your best barometer of what you need to write about next. Okay. I love that. I love, and you always know what to say. I love that. <laughs> I miss our Friday uh, check-ins. I miss them. And I miss well, we'll get one on the calendar in a week or so, but the only, the only catch is gin and tonic, no work. Perfect. I love that. Awesome. Amazing. Lainey, I always love our time together. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure since it's been a few weeks since we've spoken. Um, let everyone know where they can find you online, on social media. Um, obviously, the book is available on Amazon, but if people want to get in touch with you, how can they, how can they reach out? Sure. You can reach me on Twitter. I'm Ilaney, I-L-A-I-N-I-E on Twitter and Instagram. I'm. You can find me at my website, uh, websites. Well, there's lots of them, but uh, the best one is transformative mentoring for teens.com. Or you can always reach out to me at Project World School. I have a couple of things that I'm working on. I'm trying to get up a website for the book. So that will come out pretty soon. And uh, Brainchild, I am combining the uh, work that I've done through Project World School and hosting team retreats and the work that I'm doing through transformative mentoring for teens. And I'm starting to um, birth and uh, uh, design a mental health retreat for teens here in Mexico. So that'll probably, so this is the first time I've publicly said that, and that will probably take place around October of this year. So just please um, check in with me or get on my mailing list. Both of the websites that I just mentioned, there's a sign up for my mailing list and you'll be informed when that happens. Incredible. Um, again, speaking firsthand, I, I highly endorse Lainey. Um, reach out um, as soon as my children are old enough, definitely going that road uh, two or three more years. And well, at least for one of them, but I'm, I'm coming. Um, there, there's no way about it. Um, I love what you do. I, I just speaking to the people who you've worked with. I mean, the impact you make is so real. Uh, everyone pick up the book, whether it's on Kindle, um, paperback, both reach out to Lainey, um, get your teens enrolled, whatever you can do, it, it'll make a tremendous difference. And Lainey, thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, you're making a great difference in the world. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show.